The Giants are 2-2 two and two and starting to click. Daniel Jones looking good. Golden Tate returns to this team to show why he was brought in after the Odell trade. But on the other side, there's another team that's 2-2. Two and two, Not feeling so great. A team you could say is almost exploding. A team that Pat Shermer left to become the head coach of the New York football Giants. Let's get this one for Pat Shermer. And let's put an end to the Viking season. Let's pick Kirk Cousins in the ground one last time. And let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind. But here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Welcome to the Talking Giants pre-game show, Minnesota Vikings, week five, both teams two and two. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, we can be over 500 for the first time since 2016. How you doing? How you feeling heading in, heading in this week? I'm feeling good. I'm excited for a New York Giants game that actually matters. It's been forever since we've had one of these games that, not that like it's a must win, but like this is a huge game in general. But I'm excited with the prospect of possibly going over 500. I'm just, these past two weeks have been so excited for Giants football. The energy's back in my life stadium, and I'm just, and I'm just looking forward to Sunday. I can't come here soon enough. And I think it's a perfect test to see who this team is because they have a good defense. Daniel Jones hasn't. The Bucks are a good defense, but the Bucks don't run like a complicated defense. So I think it'll be a good test for Daniel Jones and no Saquon, or at least maybe not. Um, and then on the defensive side, like Kirk Cousins isn't very good, but they have a lot of weapons. So we could see how good this defense or how much this defense has improved over the you know since you know the first half of the Bucks game. Like, has it just been like, oh, we got we had a good half, and then the Redskins sucked? Or is it a defense that hasn't proved? Because they have a lot of weapons, but they have Kirk Cousins who sucks. So I I think this this game will tell us a lot about who the Giants are for the whole season going forward. Yeah, obviously we'll get into our breakdown of the whole Vikings offense in general. But yeah, if the Giants have any chance of winning this game, it's all on the defense. But the, as you said, the Vikings aren't an imp- they're an impressive team, but the main issue holding them back right now is the man at the helm of it all. I never agreed. I don't. I didn't think Kirk Cousins was that good. He's not a terrible quarterback by the stretch of the imagination, but he's not someone that you can, I believe, has the ability to build a team around because he's just not that good. He's just a mediocre quarterback at best. That's just my opinion on from what I've seen these past few years in Washington and how he started off in Minnesota. Yeah, and, I mean, Minnesota, they like they have serious issues right now. Not to say that they're – they're just we're going to roll over them, but they have serious issues going on within the locker room. I mean, 
from Sunday, Adam Thielen had some quotes that were, weren't great about Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, they said they smoothed things out, but you know, once, once that's out of the bag, it's, you know, it's hard to put it back in. Trust us. And, all Giants fans know. Yeah. And then and Diggs just didn't show up for two days and it wasn't injury related. He left in his shoulder pads on Sunday. So he didn't have to deal with the press. I mean, they have some serious issues and like the Giants have to strike on that because the Vikings are a very talented team. And while Kirk Cousins isn't good, he definitely, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a good game against us. I mean, he's had good games with Minnesota. Um, he's obviously had, you know, huge struggles too. But as much as Kirk Cousins has struggled, let's pretend, let's not pretend like he's, you know, he's Tim Tebow or somebody. Like, he can, he can get the ball there. He, you know, he's not, he's not the absolute worst quarterback. He was paid $84 million for a reason. I mean, we saw him a lot in Washington and always did pretty decent with him. But I really think it's all going to come to how if we can get to Kirk Cousins, if we can kind of get him off his game, because if that happens, then it's it's, you know, it's almost game over. Yeah, because the foundation, as you said, in the locker room is already starting to show the cracks. You had the Adam Phelan call-out. Yes, there was the apology, but still, this is the first time Phelan and Cousins clash. You remember last year, I think it was last year, when like you caught him and Phelan arguing on the sideline. And then, obviously, Stefan Diggs, who wasn't at practice yesterday, that was or two days ago when you listened, that wasn't injury-related. He came back, and then he was asked about all the rumors. He said, there's truth to all these rumors, but I'm not going to speculate, so... It's yeah. There, this is the time to get the Minnesota Vikings. Then the Giants could be the crippling blow to the Vikings that possibly leads to a not saying will happen, but could possibly lead to Diggs saying, "I have enough. I want out." It could lead. It could lead to a whole trickle down effect. Giants fans know well enough what could happen once foundations start to crack. You saw 2017 fall the corners going against the coach and and Odell last year going on ESPN. We know well enough when drama will start to kick in and. Right now, I mean, the Vikings are showing the early signs of a team uh, that's not very complete in the locker room right now, at least not on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, so let's let's start with their offense and our defense. Uh, this team loves to run the ball. They've been successful when they just do just that. They run the ball. Dalvin Cook has had an amazing year, uh, and they use him in, in a lot. Like, they pit him in space. They love to run to the outside. I noticed that a lot. They love to run toss plays. Almost like I was watching the Raider game, and almost they almost exclusively ran like an outside zone system. Um, so I think a thing the Giants need to do with their outside linebackers is to just make sure that you don't get blocked down by a tight end by Kyle Rudolph. Like you have to make sure to stay on the outside because then that forces them to go in the middle, um, which they're a lot less comfortable doing that. But when you go let them go outside and go outside, and then you overplay it from your middle linebackers and it lets cutback lanes, um, then you know then they just kind of have their way with offense, and then they're able to use play action and use their great wide receivers. I really think the Giants need to focus on really like playing the like containing everything in the box. The key to this game, if you the Giants, they need to eliminate Dalvin Cook, and then you got this game, you got him. If the Vikings are going to win this game, they need Kirk Cousins to play well. If Kirk Cousins can go out there and light us up and we shut down Dalvin Cook, then so be it. Then Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. But I would – you take out Dalvin Cook, you force Kirk Cousins to go out there and make those throws that he's been missing sometimes, those steep throws. You Make Kirk Cousins be the guy to go out there and win this game for them and prove that he is the right guy to lead Minnesota. 
But the run defense, have they been our defense? Have they been fine? Yeah, they've been fine, but still, they're nothing amazing. And this is a true test uh, against a Minnesota offense. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, we need him to be big. B.J. Hill, we need him to be big. The, it, right now, it feels like the defensive line just needs to step up their run game, and, and we're set right there because the pass rush has been showing development, especially with Marcus Gold and the linebackers. It could be iffy this week right there. We could get Tay Davis back. We could not. We don't know at the moment as we're filming this. Corners, I think they found their rhythm. Grant Haley, who had a shaky game last week, I think he'll go out there and be fine this week. Janoris Jenkins, he's calmed down. He was defensive player of the week, for God's sakes. But it was, it was against Washington, yes, but still. That's confidence building. And then Jabril Peppers, who has been who had a breakout performance last week. Antoine Bethea, he he still has the potential to be fine, but... You make Kirk Cousins go out there and win this game, and if he's able to do it, then good on the Vikings and good for him because then they beat us and, and just by playing good football. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins, like, once you get to him and get him uncomfortable, it's almost like game over. But if you let him get in the rhythm early and, and run play action, that's when you can have issues. So you mentioned Marcus Golden. I think it's a huge game for him because he loves to use his inside moves. I think they really need to – you know, tell Marcus Golden, like, be disciplined because what they like to do is get their tight end lined up on a defensive end and block him down and then have their tackle pull and get outside or, or run outside zone kind of stuff. So that's where I think Marcus Golden making sure to contain the outside is huge. Um, next thing goes with Lorenzo Carter and uh, O'Shane Zimenez. By the way, O'Shane Zimenez has been playing really well. Uh, and he's like statistically, he's been better than Josh Allen. I haven't watched Josh Allen, so you know, stats always don't always tell the story, but statistically, he's been better than Josh Allen so far. Uh, yeah, so and they're centered, uh, Garrett Bradbury, he was the first round pick out of NC State, a guy I really like, like, I liked him a lot. He's been struggling a lot, uh, he's getting blown up, and, and I want to get your opinion on this, Danny, but. Dexter Lawrence hasn't really been playing any nose tackle. I would consider letting him go out on the, at nose tackle and let him make plays and blow this guy up. But you can also say, you know, put down with the nose and let him take advantage of that. And that way Dexter Lawrence is, is, is doing his best against double teams. And, and when he, whenever he does get a one-on-one, taking advantage of that in the run game. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Giants traded snacks because Dalvin's main position is nose tackle in there. I think they got to give him that opportunity to go out there and prove something. I mean, it feels like Desha Lawrence against that Washington team. I mean, in, in the Bucks game, he made his name on special teams because he had that block kick, and he was doing some good job trying to throw out the kicker a little bit there. But uh, if you feel, because I'm with you, Gary Bradbury has been struggling. And if you put him out, I think this could be the game where you should put him at nose tackle. Just have him go after Garrett Bradbury. Make his life miserable. Because Dexter Lawrence, for a big guy, and if you remember the play, when he sacked, uh, it was either Keenum or Haskell. I don't remember who was in at that point. He had a beautiful spin move, and he was able. he's an athletic guy for being a big 300-pound dude. So I would be fine putting him at nose tackle and trying to make Garrett Bradbury life miserable because that could blow up the run game and stop the middle of the Vikings' run game. But as you said, they like to run outside. But still, take out that middle of the field because the Giants, David Mayo, he looked quite impressive in that Washington game. I would trust him because he has the speed to get out there and make a tackle on Dalvin Cook. So I say, yeah, put put Dexter at the nose tackle. Pat Shermer hasn't been afraid to – or this team hasn't been afraid to make adjustments on that defensive side. They moved to Norris and DeAndre. So make a change, and it could even make this defense even better up front. 
Yeah, I think we should kind of give them different looks up front. Uh, and that's what James Betcher has been doing the last couple of games as they've gotten more comfortable in that defense. Um, you know, maybe the, all the quotes of saying, hey, this defense takes like four weeks for you to get used to are true because it's, it certainly looked like that. And we've seen more of like the tricks from James Betcher's defense that we expected that we just didn't see in week one or week two at all. Uh, and I, I think Jabril Pe- – and we're talking so much run game, but I think Jabril Peppers – with the linebacker middle linebacker injuries and everything, I think Jabril Peppers, like he did against Washington, is going to come down and play in the box a lot and, and essentially be a linebacker. I think they'll do some of those three safety looks with Michael Thomas. And Antoine Bethea has essentially just been playing center field all season. Hasn't made any plays, but um, he's been all right. He's had some issues, but he, he's been all right after, after week one. So, yeah, I, th- I think Jabril Peppers could be a huge uh, playmaker because if he's somebody that could get off blocks from offensive tackles and, all, and you know, O-linemen and tight end. So if you pit him on the edge, that helps a lot on their outside zone run. That way the middle linebackers can, you know, focus on clogging up the middle instead of having to chase everything outside all the time. That's the thing. I like that look when they have uh, Michael Thomas out there, Sean Chandler. It, James Betcher, I feel like he's finally, I think he thinks his team has settled into a scheme, and now he's going out there and throwing these confusing looks out there on offenses and really making them think. And, I mean, Michael Thomas uh, in that Bucks game, if he didn't make that tackle, we're not winning that game. And in that uh, Redskins game, he had an interception. He, he just couldn't bring it down. But Michael Thomas, I've been a, I'm a fan of Michael Thomas, and I believe he's a guy that can go out there you can rely on to make plays, run more of that look. I just, as I said, James Betcher, I think this team is finally is starting to get the comfort in on the James Betcher defense because as we talked about before, some people say this defense takes a few weeks to get into and maybe that Bucks game was the wake-up game and then the Redskins game was when they finally put in a complete game against a, once again, a not-trash team. But in the NFL, you, you play trash teams, you you, you got to take advantage of them, you win. Patriots are playing trash teams all the time, they win. Uh, Cowboys have played trash teams. They won. You play trash teams. You, it's part of the game. So just at that point, th- that excuse I feel like is kind of just boring at that point because everyone plays bad teams. So uh, th- I think, as you said, this is a true test for the defense. And as we said, if you get Kirk Cousins off his game early, then it just makes it a nightmare game for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so let's talk about Cousins in the passing game. They've got weapons. So as much as Cousins is struggling, like this offense scares me. Adam Thielen is one of the best. It's a top 10 wide receiver in the game. He is unbelievably good. He runs amazing routes. If he was with like a top QB, he'd be the, he'd be the top receiver in the league. I really think so. I mean, he just runs amazing routes, whether it's short, deep, uh, wheel routes, stuff like that. Um, he is a beast. I would say put Janoris Jenkins on him. Put Jenkins on him instead of Diggs and let him play man coverage, play tight, get in his head. And Diggs is a guy a guy who likes to talk a lot of trash. And we don't, you know, DeAndre Baker, who is similar, but he's young and probably not going to be nowhere near as confident as you know, as Jenkins. Really let them go at it and have a game. Because, you know, as much as Mike, like Mike Evans is a six foot five wide receiver. So I don't, I don't expect it to be like that. Uh, I would pitch Janoris Jenkins following Thielen around all game. I, I really think that would be the best matchup on that side. Let him play some man coverage. But like I said before, I think with uh, Kirk Cousins that's struggling, don't let him get in rhythm. I would throw so many different looks at this offense. That is crazy. And we'll talk about what their defense does. I would do some similar things. I would just throw all kinds of different looks at them. 
Um, but yeah, for for as attacking Adam Thielen, I would pitch a Norris Jenkins on him. He'll beat him a couple times, but with Kirk Cousins' issues and Janoris Jenkins on him, those you know those those you know fifteen twenty yard comeback routes aren't going to be open. Another thing they like to do is run play action and have Diggs go or sorry a Thielen go just completely across the field. Uh, I I would pitch Jenkins on him for that. So. Basically, what I'm saying is I want Jenkins on Thielen. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. It seems like uh, when I heard Ian Rappaport, he was reporting on the Diggs news and all that. He's talking about how this offense isn't as pass-heavy as it was with Filippo. So I went back and I just watched a, uh, maybe like one or two games under the Filippo era as the offensive coordinator. And it's true, they were very pass-happy. And now that with, uh, who is it against, Steph Keezian, who's ever calling the plays over there in Minnesota, they're a very, they pound the Pretty rock. Pretty much Kubiak. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a truther saying that Kubiak is the one running the yeah. show. Off. I don't exactly know who's calling, but so whoever it is, they are pounding that rock on offense. And I agree with Ian. That's what's making especially Diggs frustrated. He was the focal point of this offense last year. He was racking up so many yards, and now they're running the ball, and he's out of, not there anymore. He doesn't like that. He wants the spotlight to be on him. He wants to be getting in the football every single play so make this a passing game and I, i'm agreeing with you now as, as you say that put janoris shangos on adam Phelan, and that'll take away one option from kirk cuds and then sometimes he'll try to force the ball stuff to the stefan Diggs, and it'll lead to bad plays so this game is it's so interesting to see how the vikings from 2017 under pat Sherman being a uh, almost making it to the super bowl to right now not seem even look like anywhere near that team. So this is a very fast I really believe if the Vikings lose this game, they could really implode. because uh, they'll be like we lost to the Giants, even though I mean the Giants aren't as bad as they are as they were in the first two weeks. So yeah. They but, love Pat Shermer, by the way. Vikings oh, yeah. fans absolutely love Pat Shermer. They miss him. They talk about how he made everybody look good. Like they they really do miss Pat Shermer. Um and yeah. they hate Kirk Cousins very much so. Yeah, I mean, heck, Pat Shermer made Case Keenum look like and like Hall of Famer in that one season. Who knows? Maybe if Kirk Cousins had Pat Shermer, Kirk Cousins would be possibly league MVP. I'm not saying he could be, but just imagine that. So Pat Shermer makes quarterbacks better, and he makes any offenses better with a young quarterback. And it's he made Dick look good, feeling look good. They just don't have the guy to lead him right now. And, I mean, while Filippo wasn't the best, the, maybe the past, Dalvin Cook's the guy you can't. They will run with Dalvin Cook until they know they cannot anymore. And once they know, they will. They are just aggressive with Dalvin Cook. And why wouldn't you be? you got one of the best running backs in the league right now out there. So make this a passing game and just make Kirk Cousins struggle because Stephon Diggs, I, he could be the guy that just implodes this locker room. But, yeah, put Janoris Shanks on Adam Phelan and just – Take him away because I believe Jenkins will be able to control Phelan because he's not like Mike Evans. Even though Phelan is a great wide receiver, he's not Mike Evans. I don't think Phelan will expose Jenkins. Yeah, and then on the other side, Diggs. This whole Diggs situation is so weird. Like, I feel like it's not that bad. I understand Kirk, but like they played the Bears, and that's why like I don't even when like the Redskins played the Bears the week before they played us. I didn't even look at that film. Because the Bears' defense is the best defense in the league. So, and I get that Diggs might not be happy, but I don't know why. Like, I feel like it's not that bad. They're two and two. It's crazy how two and two could look so different for, you know, us than it does for them. And I get it. We're excited. Yeah, yeah. But I 
I just don't get it with this Diggs thing. And I'm not talking about like even trading for him. Like I'm, I wouldn't want to trade for him. Uh, you know, if you would ask me on Monday, I would say, yeah, th- show third round. But him not showing the work, like that's the same stuff Antonio Brown did to start. Um, and Diggs just got his contract too. I don't know what to think of it. I, and Mike Zimmer is kind of such a, like a, a, a hard ass that I don't even know if he's going to play. Like, I don't know what to expect out of that. But if Diggs does play, I am very worried about that Diggs-DeAndre Baker matchup. Um, and maybe this will be the game where it's like, okay, this is why we drafted uh, DeAndre Baker in the first round. He's had a very good past two games. But one was against Washington. And I know everyone said that DeAndre Baker shut down Godwin. But it was actually Grant Haley because Godwin was lining up in the slot for Tampa for the majority of the time in that game. So... Well, I'm definitely like very happy with Baker. I'm I'm not like, super confident in him going forward, uh, like or or at least rookie season wise. So this will be a really big test for DeAndre Baker if Diggs is out there. I expect Diggs to play. I would be shocked if he doesn't play. Obviously, he has the issues right now in Minnesota, but I just there's no way he doesn't play. That would shock me. But now who knows? As I said, this I'm not saying the Vikings are showing the cracks like the 2017 Giants, but I mean, there's issues in that locker and that needs to get worked out, mainly between Cousins, Diggs. Because I mean, some players are down and Diggs even wants to be there. Do you think this could be like a not turn into a Jalen Ramsey situation where he just doesn't want to play? Do you get that vibe? Or are you just thinking like, nah, that, that's just Jalen being Jalen and Diggs isn't like that? I don't know. With them being in Minnesota, it's, and it's hard to really see like their personalities because it's not like up in your face. And Jalen Ramsey is so loud that it was just like no matter like there was no there was no ignoring it. And you know they went to the AFC Championship game. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But I went from on Monday being like, listen, sometimes you know I'm not I'm not expecting everyone to always be happy. Like with Odell, like. Like the like the kicking that and like punching the hole and all that stuff didn't bother me in the moment. It was the it was the like calculated interview. And this is with Diggs where it's like, okay, I can understand being frustrated. But when you calculatedly put some stuff on social media and don't show up for work two days in a row, and then the day you do show up work, when they people ask if you want to be traded, you say there's truth to the rumors, but I'm not gonna talk about that. That's when it's like, okay, this guy's going to be a problem. And I know they said they're not going to trade him. And I get that because I also, like, because what would be the point of them trading him now? Because, okay, you trade him now and your season's already, like, and it's going to be a struggle. So I think they keep him for this season. But, yeah, very well in the offseason they could be done with him. They could just get this year out of him and then trade him for whatever they would have traded him in season. And guys are always more valuable in the in the in the off season anyway. So I don't know what the deal is with him, but what I do know is he's a really good wide receiver. He hasn't had a good season, but he's a really good wide receiver, and he's going against a rookie cornerback and DeAndre Baker most likely. Um, so like having those two, having Thielen and Diggs on opposite sides is about it's going to be a battle for any team. And the Giants who have struggled, I get, I understand we've had a good you know, six quarters, but we have struggled on defense. That could be like, like I said, we could get the Kirk cousins and they could score 13 points. And this will be a game where we celebrate, or this could be one of those games where Kirk cousins pits up 38 points. So uh, it's, it's really up to cousins, but if cousins is clicking, he has two got two of the best in the business and digs and feeling. So uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know what to expect out of Diggs on Sunday, but what I do know is he's a really freaking good player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I agree with you 100%. Diggs and Diggs, he's like Odell. You can't go wrong with having him out there on the field because he changes the way you play. He's just such a good player. But there's obviously right now that off the field side to Diggs, as you said, going to the media and saying, "Yeah, there's truth to those rumors," but let's not talk about that right now. So it's 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 just insane to see so far how the Vikings have from as you said, not as you said, but I've fallen from being on top of the world in uh, 2017 to right now being like just all these cracks, but. Yeah, Diggs, he, he makes your team better. And it wouldn't make sense to trade him in season. I'm with you on that. Just wait till the offseason at that point. So it's he will be out there. It's just a question of will they make, will the Vikings possibly, Mike Stever maybe like punch him a little bit, not put him out there for as many snaps as he would. So it's just such a unique situation going on in Minnesota where I think we're catching him at the right time because it can all go wrong on Sunday and then they just completely blow up. Yeah, let's let's end the freaking Viking season. Let's let's really blow them up. All right, uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about our offense. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, the Giants' offense. First of all, Saquon is a freak, man. I know it's been said a million times, but the fact that he's out there cutting and not wearing a boot and like being a part of practice is insane. That being said, I think there's a zero percent chance he plays versus Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know what he eats in the morning, what he drinks, but the guy's superhuman. I've, I've never seen anything like that. I rolled my ankle. I rolled my ankle. I didn't even have a high ankle sprain. I rolled my ankle, and I was like out of commission for like a week because I was. He's just a different human being. I, I like Pat Shermer said saying how like he's acting like his doctors told him differently. He's like hey, your doctor, your doctor didn't tell you differently. They both said like four to eight weeks, and now say Quan's just superhuman. But I mean, this happened freshman year. He had a high ankle sprain, and he returned in two weeks. I just, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, unless you are 1 million percent sure he's a 100%, you don't put him out there. You hold him off until Thursday night if that's when he's really ready, or you hold him off for the Cardinals. But no matter what, he will be back in the month of October. I, I'm confident in saying that. Yeah. And what's crazy, though, is like this is the game on the schedule where I think we would like need him the most, even against New England, because I think – running the ball would be super important against it's going to be super important versus Minnesota. So I'd love to see him out there. If he was at 90%, I, I know people are like, why risk it? But I, I would put him out there. I really would. Um, and I know most people say just wait till hundred percent, but I would put, I would put him out there at 90%. because I think a 90% makes our chances of winning and having a successful day on offense a lot higher than they would be with Wayne Gallman. That being said, he's not going to play. It's it's just not going to happen. But then he also got Wayne Gallman with that neck issue right now. He's been limited in practice. I don't expect it to be a huge issue, but still, something to consider. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. That's breaking news to me. Breaking news uh, here. All right, so let's let's talk about our offense. Golden Tate returns. A lot to be excited for on this offense. This offense has been playing really well. 
Let's start here, though. They, the Minnesota defense, I think Mike Zimmer, who is a very good defensive coach, is going to try and confuse the crap out of Daniel Jones. I think I don't think he's going to run the same defense twice in a row. And really, like, they changed their defense up a lot, like, from game to game. They're, like, a lot like New England with their defense, where they just don't run the same things over and over again. That being said, they don't really disguise their defense either a whole lot. So it's a lot of pre-snap stuff that can be, like, sniffed out, which Daniel Jones has been great at and shown at. So I don't I don't know if they change it a whole lot for for facing a rookie QB, but I think this is a game where Daniel Jones has to be really good for this offense to be successful. Yeah, Mike Zimmer knows he sees Daniel Jones like, damn, that kid's good, and he's gonna want to make sure that he's the first guy to make Daniel Jones not look good. Uh, the Vikings got a bunch of goons on defense. What you got, Eric Hendricks, Anthony Barr. Uh, Everson Griffin, you got... Their uh, middle linebackers are just nasty. Yeah. Linville Joseph, a former Jerry Reese guy that he led walk. Thank you, Jerry Reese. Uh, who you got? Xavier Rose out there on uh, uh, defense. Uh, uh, Harrison Smith. There are goons out there in Minnesota. And this is... Even if the Giants lose, and they're not, obviously, because I'm totally not biased at all. This is a Giants good... Giants 70, Vikings 0. <laughs> this is just a good learning experience for Daniel Jones against a very good defense... And this is something that they're going to make him could, – could, they can make him look bad, or Daniel Jones will just look at the Vikings and just, like, chuckle at them and then just throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. So it could go one way or the other, but it's – Mike Zimmer's going to make Daniel Jones' day a nightmare. But I'm, I'm – I, if this was Eli, I would have no faith in this game. But since it's Daniel Jones and just, the like, the vibe he gives out, I am fully confident Daniel Jones will go out there and dominate the Vikings. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think that they're going to run a spy on Daniel Jones. We've seen they've seen what he can do with his legs so far. Um, I do think Anthony Barr or Kendricks is going to be spying on him, especially on third downs. I think they're going to like do not let this guy beat you with his feet on third downs. So I don't expect to see. Now he can get outside the pocket and make moves, but I don't see. I don't expect there to be you know the the Red Sea wide open over the middle like Daniel Jones has had in the first two games on the you know the game winning touchdown and then that third and thirteen run against Washington. So I do expect him to run a spy on him. That being said, we got freaking weapons, man. I think we should, first of all, I think I said this already, but I think we should establish the run because I think that's going to open up a lot of things. That opens up one-on-one coverages. That forces Harrison Smith to come play down and then play one safety high. And then you get one-on-one routes on the outside. So I think even if we're averaging 2.9 yards per carry, continue to run the ball. Make them be honest and not drop back like crazy because we have freaking weapons and Evan Ingram, Golden Tate's back and Sterling Shepard has been really good so far um, and then when they run that zone kind of stuff I just feel like I feel like there is holes in their defense to be taken advantage of I'm not saying like they're the Redskins D or a team that we're just going to blow out of the water but there's definitely holes in this defense that we can take advantage of the Giants offense got better this week with return of Golden Tate and possibly the slimmest of chances, but possibly going to say Quan back. This offense is only getting better. Uh, Evan Ingram, uh, the Vikings have guys that can keep up with Evan Ingram or that, well, that could limit him a little bit, but still, then you got Sterling Shepard, uh, 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 Darius Slater, who's looked good. You, then you got Cody Latimer, who could go out there and possibly have a good game. It's This offense has... Co- can I say, Cody Latimer, because they... 
They'll let guys get like one on one on the outside, especially with Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram will be the best tight end they face this year. I really think there's going to be some like, and that's what Cody Latimer's been great at is bodying guys and having those like jump ball situations. I think Cody Latimer gets two passes down the field where it's not a whole lot of separation, but Daniel Jones just gives him a shot. Good. It's Cody Latimer could go out there and have a huge game, and we need him to. And hopefully, this time we get a ref who doesn't throw a flag every time he like touches a uh, defender because that's offensive pattern that pass interference isn't it alex kemp that's the worst official in the league even worse than walt anderson but that's an official run right there but this offense is so exciting to watch and the return to gold Tate, i'm so intrigued to see how him and daniel jones connect right away because they had that preseason uh game four together which they got the chemistry started so golden knows how he plays and now they had this whole week of practice to get ready so it's extremely interesting, and I'm and I'm pumped to see Golda Tate back out there finally. See what he brings to the team. Hopefully, Golda Tate is just like a nice, simple slant, and he just takes it upfield and scores a touchdown. That'll be fantastic. That'll be a great way to come back. So, this offense is very fun, and it's just exciting to watch. Even without Saquon, let's say Saquon's not there, uh, Wayne Gallman. He's not amazing, but I got faith in the guy to go out there and then put up another game like last week, just another 60-yard game. And then you got just talent on talent on this offense, and it's exciting for this game, but not, but also for the future. So the Giants are in a good position this Sunday to go out there and have a fighting chance to defeat Minnesota. Yeah, I think it, it just all lies on Daniel Jones. You know, if we run good play calling and can establish the run. But yeah, I, I think this game is heavy on Daniel Jones. I think he's going to have a lot of tight windows to throw. I think they're going to try and disguise. I think they're going to try and disguise looks, even though they haven't really showed that all season. This will be a really good test for Daniel Jones to see like how well he is. Um, because I think like like Tampa blitzed him like crazy. And I think Daniel Jones is great, fine against that because he's fine in a pressured pocket. And he'll find the open guy. Uh, Washington just stinks, but I th- I think Minnesota is really going to try and confuse him. So I, I really think this will be a good test to see where Daniel Jones is, like rookie year wise. Yeah, they're they're going to confuse the looks out there. But the thing is, though, as much as Mike Zimmer knows Pat Shermer's tendencies, Pat Shermer knows Mike Zimmer's tendencies just as well. So there, it's going to be a clash of tendencies in this game. While people are saying, "Oh, it could be like a 24-23 game." This game could easily just be a, a simple, uh, uh, a close game, like a low-scoring game, because they know each other so well. It's 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 a very fun game, and yeah, it's a one o'clock game. And I know everyone listening to this is Giants fans, obviously. But if say I was a fan of the Chiefs, because they're playing Sunday night, this would be the game I want to tune into because this could be uh, game of the week material right here, just a low-scoring defensive battle. Because who knows? Because once again, Kirk Cousins may not be good. And maybe the Giants shut down Dalvin Cook, so it's just a fun game. And I'm just, as a football standpoint, I'm I'm fascinated by this game, just by all the elements that are playing into this. Yeah. So who do you think is going to be the biggest playmaker, Ingram, Shep, or Tate? Uh I'm going Tate because the Vikings right now. Yes, do they have tape? Uh, tape on Tate. Yes, they do, but they haven't seen him this year in this Giants offense in a regular season game with Daniel Jones. So right now, he's a wild card. How does he connect with Daniel Jones? Is he is he more is he faster than last year? Did he? How does he play this year? So I'm going to go with Golden Tate in a return game because the Vikings don't know right now how good he really is coming back from his uh, PED suspension. So Golden Tate's the guy that I'm saying is going to go out there and have a big game. Yeah, I do think there is going to be 
an effort to really involve Tate, get him back involved in this offense. But I think Shep is going to have a good game. I really do. I think he's going to, like, he's shown that he can find the hole in his own and sit in it when it needs to happen. I think Shep's going to have a great game. When they run cover four, I think he's going to, you know, in fact, like the Packers ran a play, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a tweet out of it, where they're running cover four, which means the, both corners are, are covering deep and the safeties are covering deep, where uh, Devontae Adams runs in, which makes that corner think, okay, that's the, you know, that's the middle of the field's responsibility, and he starts looking under, and then he veers right back out, and it was a big play for Green Bay. I, I think the Giants should definitely try and run that when they see a cover four look. Yeah, but I think Shep will be – like have the most yards, but I definitely do agree that they're going to try and get Tate involved. Um, so yeah, man, is, is this this is one of those games where like Washington and I kind of like was predicting what they were going to do. Like uh, Tampa had a good feeling what they, like every game I've had a really good feeling of what they were going to do defensively. This is a game, and credit to Mike Zimmer, where I it's hard to tell what how they're going to attack Jones. But you mentioned the Pat Shermer co- uh, connection, and usually I downplay that. But Pat Shermer knows how Mike Zimmer wants to attack a rookie QB. So, and, you know, everybody does because you go and watch all the film. But Pat Shermer will know what his tendencies are, what he likes to do on third down. On third down, like, if they're going to blitz, they absolutely show you. Like, if, if Harrison Smith is up in the box, just know that they're blitzing. It's a guarantee every single time. Um, so, like, I would love for them to blitz us on third down and give us man coverage. Uh so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really good test to see where Daniel Jones is at. And, you know, I'm, I have faith in him, and I'm excited about that. You know, going into week one, if we are playing Minnesota, I would have been worried. Like, okay, what are we going to see out of Jones? But I've always seen from his college tape, the preseason, to these first two games, I'm really freaking confident, man. And I'm, I'm pumped to see how he does. Even if he has some struggles, I know that he's going to show some really good things, too. Uh, in case any, any of you are, because I know Bobby, obviously you like David Cutcliffe. This Sunday he's going to be on, he's going to be on one of them. It's Sunday NFL Countdown on ESPN. He's going to do an interview. I mean, I want, I want to watch that interview because David Cutcliffe, it's amazing how much he's prepared Daniel Jones for this opportunity. I was like, oh, Daniel Jones, he came from Duke. David, yeah, yeah, David Cutcliffe, but still, it doesn't matter. It's it's a Duke quarterback, and now everyone's like Daniel Jones. That kid's pretty good. So I want to I want to hear David Cutcliffe's interview, but it's just insane. is it going to be on ESPN? Yeah, on the NFL countdown. One, that's going to be must see TV. Yeah. But two, David Cutcliffe hates ESPN. Oh, does he really? He, I didn't know well, that. You want to know why? Why? Because of all that crap they pulled after the draft. Out of all that trash they talked without watching them after Todd McShay. And in fact, I heard, now I don't know how true this is, but the Duke Alabama game from the beginning of the year, they were very reluctant to give ESPN like the pregame access. I David Cutcliffe. And he looks at Daniel Jones like a son. I think he hates ESPN with a passion. So that's going to be must-watch TV. Because I bet, I bet the man gets a little surly. I, I hope Josina Anderson's the freaking interviewer too. It, it's Diana Rossini. I, I knew you were going to mention Josina, okay. but I like Rossini. Yeah, so, she's but... good. Josina. I mean, yeah, she's there. Uh, but no, it... we must see TV though. Yeah, we have to put a right. tweet out like, all right, this is coming out this time. Yeah, I, I watched it on the NFL Countdown. That's my watch of choice before pregame, so I'll be watching that. At least I plan on it. But, yeah, it's amazing the confidence I have in Daniel Jones, a rookie quarterback. At this point, it, it, 
in his respected career, I have more confidence that Daniel Jones would go out there and win a game this Sunday than I would if Eli Manning was out there. Now, I'm not saying this was like playoff Eli or something like that. This is just where they are in their career. I have confidence in Daniel Jones. And if we lose, I can handle losing because it's a learning experience for Daniel Jones and it will make him better for the next game. And that's why yeah, I'm just excited to watch him because the kid – is impressive. He's proved all of us wrong. I I was I was say Daniel Jones is good, but I didn't realize he could go out there and be that good to be all of a sudden the favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. The kid is something special. David Cutcliffe deserves all the credit for developing Daniel Jones at Duke. Uh, he's just a, a gamer out there, and he's someone I can rely on. He's someone I'm looking forward to riding into battle with in the future. Well, riding into battle as I'm on my couch as he's going out there to do all the battle for me. So. Yeah, I'm just excited to go out there and watch Daniel Jones again. And I have not been this excited for Giants football in this many weeks, consecutive weeks. And he's brought life back in not only to this team, but to the fan base. Because you saw it in MetLife Stadium on Sunday. The fans are back, and they're excited for Giants football again. Yeah, and I'm glad this game is a home game. That being said, Danny, who is your Giant Factor of the Week? I'm going to keep explaining it. Giant Factor of the Week is our X Factor, but because we're the Giants, we call it Giant Factor. So, Danny, who's going to be a Giant Factor? I need this guy to go out there and dominate for me this Sunday. We're down Ryan Connolly. Uh, we're down Al Gogletree. Tay Davis, question mark. Uh, at this point, uh, well, while you're listening to this, you, you there would be a better idea because he was in a non-contact jersey yesterday at practice, so they're going to get their independent doctor in the check on him. Uh, today, so but David Mayo, he's gonna have an increased role of Ryan Connolly going down and all these linebackers' injuries. It's probably gonna be him and Nate Stupar with Josiah Tuefa, uh rotating in. I need David Mayo to go out there and be this leader. I believe he's gonna have the mic, I believe he's gonna be the guy controlling this defense out there. It could be Stupar because he knows the defense very well, but I believe Mayo's gonna be the leader out there. He had eight total tackles Sunday against Redskins. He made some key plays in the clip I posted. He came flying and just made a beautiful tackle on. I forgot who the running back was, but he made a beautiful tackle on the Redskins running back. I got faith in David Mayo. I, I, I called him an H2 part 2.0 when we got him. Sunday, he proved me wrong. He's not an H2 part 2.0. He's David Mayo. And David Mayo, you are my giant factor of the week. Don't prove me wrong, David. Go out there and just ball out. I'm not saying he's going to get an interception, but... You know what? No, I'm saying it. David Mayo is going to get an interception on Kirk Cousins. I'm glad you talked for a little while because I literally went through your talk and my microphone fell and I couldn't hear for a second. So <laughs> I don't know if I, I was silent while you're waiting. But yeah, David Mayo, you mentioned the uh, the play caller. That is going to be something I'm watching for first play because Tay Davis, who would be probably be like number one on the depth chart if he's playing, he's not very like an outspoken like like vocal leader type of guy so it'll be interesting to see who they give that to um i think it like you said it will be david mayo my giant factor is lorenzo carter now a lot of people have been like oh lorenzo carter where he's where's he been the stats haven't been there and he hasn't played great but he also hasn't played horrible he's done a decent job especially against the run game that being said this is a vikings team like i said before that loves to run the ball outside contain not only contain lorenzo but make plays, man. Do not let Kyle Rudolph block you. Get out there. They try and run outside, and you freaking force Dalvin Cook to run right back into Dexter Lawrence, man. I think Lorenzo Carter have a big game, and they're not really good in their pass blocking. So Lorenzo Carter, get a sack this week. They haven't had a sack all year. 
Actually, I think he had one. Lorenzo Carter, get but regardless, get me a freaking sack this week. Get me excited about you. Lorenzo Carter is my giant factor of the week. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I like the Lorenzo Carter pick right there. Hey, he, I believe we'll go out there to have a dominating game this Sunday. Definitely. All right, so game predictions. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 63 to 0. Um, to Danny, what's your game prediction? Uh, let's go 78 to 2. No, not 2. That means they get a safety. I don't like that. 78 to 3. All right, seventy-eight to three. They get a field goal off of like a kick return when they don't. They're not able to move the ball. I, I like it. I like it. All right, let's go. Let's get above five hundred, man. Let's have ourselves a game. I'm ready. I'm pumped. Let's have some fun. Let's enjoy it. Daniel Jones, continue to prove the haters wrong. Shout out at Duke Insider. Go give him a follow. He made a video that I thought was probably the best, like Daniel Jones hype video, where he's like, I'm hunting. Oh, it was a great one. So go go check out Duke Insider, and I posted it as well. Daniel Jones, have a game. Giants, have a game. And let's go big blue.